Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We're back on schedule on a Thursday night, and we got breaking news, my friends. Breaking news. Wonder Woman 1984. You know what's so funny is the fact that we were just talking about this literally at the last episode. Now, my theory is getting debunked on what they're going to do, certain choices that they were going to make. And then it's like it's like someone is listening and, and someone is like being a fly on the wall. Like you see those movies where those mechanical flies and they just revert all the information back to the source. Apparently there's a fly on the wall and they just hear what I have to say and they're thinking to themselves, <laughs> yeah, this kid, this podcaster thinks he knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, okay, watch this. And then they just boom, drop the fucking news. Wonder Woman 1984 will be both on HBO Max and the theaters, December 25th. So, I can imagine, you guys, I, I, I can just think to myself where a lot of people are like, fuck yes, finally we can get the movie, finally we can get the movie that we've so been desperately waiting for a while, for over a year now. How many times did they postpone that movie, like... Two years? Say three, four times? I don't fucking know. I, I I lost count. Once I lost count after one, that's all that's all that it gets me. It really does. And I can imagine you must be pretty happy where it's gonna be around and you have options. But yet, why do I feel like there's something else that's going on behind the scenes? Let's peek behind the curtain and find out what are the pros and cons to this? You know, and and I get it, I get it. Oh, Garcia, you're such a Debbie Downer. I understand, but I can't help it. I have to think about the bigger picture. I have to look at it from the other perspective. So that's what we're going to dive into today. The pros and cons of having Wonder Woman 1984 on both the streaming service and in theaters. And to end this episode off... Let's also talk about Miles Morales, the Spider-Man game for the PS4. I am, Yes, not for the PS5 because I did not get the PS5. I got it for the PS4 and uh, I finally finished it. I wouldn't say finally finished it. I finished it quickly, which I said I wasn't going to do, but I just can't help it. I couldn't put the fucking control down. I got a lot to say about it and let's just say... I'm satisfied. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And this shoutout mostly goes to the one that has opened my eyes to the cons possibility of the Wonder Woman 1984, the Critical Drinker. I'm sure you've heard of him. I have no idea what his real name is, but he is a YouTuber. He is funny as shit. He does in-depth movie reviews, and he gives another perspective. It's more of a realistic perspective where he puts an accent to it despite where he's from he's funny as shit and he gave an in-depth review on wonder woman 1984 whether it's going to be a success or a bomber 
So depending on how you view yourself in watching these movies, give them a try. If you want to listen to someone else that gives an in-depth analysis of anything that he watches or anything he recommends, check him out. The Critical Drinker on YouTube. And I love his closing line where he's like, Okay, that's all I have for you for today. Go away now. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. It's it's clever, it's witty, and it's unique. It's fucking funny. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into some Wonder Woman 1984 talk. That comes up right in a bit. I honestly did not expect that Warner Brothers would actually use a tactic to put a movie that is pretty much way over $200 million in terms of a budget to actually make to put it both on the streaming service and in theaters simultaneously. And what's funny about that is I believe it was either a couple months ago, I do remember saying this to a T. I remembered saying that if Disney was to make this move for Black Widow and would put her on both platforms, that you would have the option to either choose between one or the other, depending on your discretion. In other words, and we've discussed this before, if you felt safe about going to theaters without the administration or the distribution of the of the vaccine, that you would have much more of a say in terms of, you know, what you're going to choose. And what's it going to mean to you? In other words, how do you feel personally? Do you feel like you're trapped in your own house where you have to get away, get away from family, get away from friends, or bring family, bring your friends, and actually go into theaters, have a great time, everyone wear a mask, yada yada, popcorn, soda, whatever the case, oh my god, I never felt this experience in my life, boom, I'm Gucci, let me go home and pass out, right? I'm sure that's how most people do it nowadays when it comes to watching movies. Or you can have the other option in choosing to remain home in the confines of your home, being safe, being cozy, put it up on your 4K television because let's face it, the majority of people now has 4K. I have 1080p, you know, I'm still trying to get up with those times. You know, just put it on your television, have your stereo system going on and maybe you... You want to bring your family and your friends or maybe you just want to send your kids away and all of a sudden you just want to relax and you want to have your dog, you know, just a mindful, peaceful moment to watch a film undisturbed. You shut off your phone and you do what you need to do and you watch a movie two and a half hours and if you need to pee, don't worry about it. You just press pause, you go to your bathroom, you handle your business and you come back and you do your thing. Now, enough for me rambling on and on about how you would feel in terms of what you would choose. The fact of the matter is, Wonder Woman 1984 now gives you options. And that is probably both a good and a bad thing. Good for us, kind of bad for them. And I'm not here to choose sides here, you know, because I am like you. I am the audience. I am the consumer. I'm the one paying the ticket or the subscription fee 
to watch this thing. And it's a movie that has been postponed time and time again. It's something that we should have gotten a while back since the first time it got announced was, when, 2017, 2018, something along those lines. And due to it being postponed with reshoots and re-edits and ensuring that they had to do whatever it took to ensure that they appeased to the masses. Then COVID happened, so that was just another, you know, fucking wrench in that plan. So, we understood everything what was going on behind the scenes. We pretty much understood. And we were patient. We were patient enough where we saw DC Fandom, we saw the trailers, the new trailers just came up. We understood what was going on. So... The fact that this is given to us on HBO Max, and I believe it's only going to be around for about a month, which makes sense because, let's face it, a lot of movies that are on HBO Max or shows, I believe it's more movies now, they don't stay on HBO Max for long. So it's kind of like Netflix. I never understood why they do that. I'm sure someone can let me know in the comments in terms of why they decide to make those decisions. But they go through a rotation. And they go through a rotation every time when it comes to new movies. Maybe they have a way where they want to get rid of old ones to bring in new ones. And they can only fit so many in a subscription service. I don't know. I, I have no fucking clue. I'm just guessing at that point. But it's only going to be around for about a month. At least from what I've read. Now... This is good for us, but it's also bad for the entertainment industry. Well, mostly the studios, because as I said, once they put it into the streaming services, they're going to lose their sponsorships, they're going to lose their advertising, they're going to lose trailers, they're going to lose a chunk load of money in order to try to make a profit. They're not going to make a profit whatsoever. Now, I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, you know, well, Garcia... If the people that actually want to go see it in theaters, they can go see it in theaters and there should be no problem. Yeah, there is actually a little bit of a problem because A, we don't know what the movie theaters are going to be like by the time Christmas rolls around. So that's number one. And I think Warner Brothers knows this. Number two, we honestly have no clue in terms of if this is successful. Let's say this does happen, which it will. Let's say that the movie comes out and it's a, it's a success for the streaming service and it's sort of successful in the movie theater business. Will other studios actually follow? Will Disney follow that? Will Universal Studios uh, do that? I don't think they are though. I think, I think I remember reading the news that Universal Studios is doing something online where you have to pay a certain fee to watch any movie you want. Don't quote me on that. I, I think they have something involving that. Now, I have to think to myself, why did they make this choice? Why did they decide to release this movie on both platforms simultaneously? Is it for the fans or is there something else going on behind the scenes? And when I watched the Critical Drinkers video and I've dove into a few articles, I've done in, I've done into you know, a few public opinions in terms of what could the reasoning be. Remember what I spoke about that, you know, the movie is around a $200 million budget to even get made? Well, the studios just can't pony up the money whenever they want to. In most cases, like, you know, big budgeted films, 
they need a lot more than the studio's money in order to make it. Sometimes they need investors. Sometimes they need sponsors, which is why they advertise those sponsorships through their trailers, through the beginning of their films, and that helps, in a way, pay for the movie in and of itself in addition to the ticket sales from us. So that's in a way on how it works. Now, here's the thing. For a professional movie studio like Warner Media, you can't sit on a big budgeted film on the desk and continue to postpone and postpone and postpone without having any indication in terms of if movie theaters are actually going to get back to normal. And on top of all of that, there might not be a slot for any movie to actually be in. If you have certain movies that are underneath the Warner umbrella, Warner Media, let's I, I may be confusing you a little bit. I think I'm starting to confuse myself. So let me backtrack a little bit. Let's say, for instance, hypothetically speaking, let's say, for instance, this Christmas, Wonder Woman, 1984, and, I don't know, The Fantastic Beast 3. Let's say both movies are happening on the same fucking day. Well, Warner can't really do that because they're both under that umbrella. And the last thing they want is to have two movies are released at the same time and them to have in competition with each other. So in other words, if the majority of people actually go see Fantastic Beasts 3 as opposed to Wonder Woman 1984 or vice versa, then the other one is going to tank, which is going to show in the global box office. And it's going to show by the amount of people whether they were going to see one movie over another and somehow you have some people sneak into the other theater just to watch it for free. And trust me, this does happen a lot. I've seen it happen and trust me, it fucking happens. So where am I going with this? Well, again, like why do this? Why do this particular thing? If it has anything to do with the sponsorships, if it has anything to do with investors, if it has anything to do with people that poured in so much fucking money to try to get a return from them, then chances are they're going to want to release the movie to see if they can make some money in theaters, but also, also to actually use Wonder Woman as bait to hook people in terms of actually subscribing for the HBO Max service. Which, I have to say, it kind of makes sense. I mean, let's face it, nobody knows, or at least I don't, I have no fucking clue in terms of how many people subscribe for the HBO Max service. Who the fuck knows? Because, let's face it, with other competition that's out there, Hulu, Prime Video, Netflix, fucking, um... Disney Plus, any other streaming service, these are competitors. And when you add all of that subscription payments up, you're essentially paying a cable bill, if you truly think about it, or maybe close to a cable bill. So you can imagine, and, and on top of all of that, Netflix just increased their subscription price by like a couple of dollars. I think it's up to like 16 or 17 right now. So it's only a matter of time before they go up to 20 but people still have it because A, they either don't think about it or B, they're so loyal to Netflix that they don't want to change to anything else. 
and it doesn't have anything to do with changing one over another, but if Warner is using Wonder Woman, try saying that three times, if Warner is using Wonder Woman to try to hook people in terms of subscribing more to HBO Max, would that in turn have some kind of profit in order to pay off the investors, to pay off the people, to pay off the sponsors, to not pay off the sponsors, but to pay off people, the 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 studios that actually poured money back into this. You can make an argument for that. It's like a business, you know. Investors they need to make a profit. They need to make money, and maybe they succumb to peer pressure. Where hey, we don't want to wait for you know, for you to release this movie in the middle of 2021 or late 2021. Fucking release it now. I don't care how you do it. Fucking release it now. And I'm sure there is that one guy in the studios that is going, but there's a pandemic. And the investors are going, yeah, I don't care. That's not my problem. You guys should have released this literally when you even marketed or advertised it a couple of years ago or around a year and a half ago. That's not my issue. You fucking fix it. And a lot of businesses, I'm sure, are doing that, which is why you see some that are going out of business. Now, I've spoken over and over in terms of what can this mean behind the scenes. The way I see it, the cons would be where if for any reason this movie fails or flops, would other theaters or studios actually follow suit and take place after that? In other words, would they follow this same protocol? Would Black Widow be released on Disney Plus as the same as the the movie theater? Probably not. And the fact that they're releasing Wonder Woman for free on HBO Max, good for us, bad for them, because again, they're not making a profit. And... If I was HBO Max, and I'm not saying this to take their side, but if I was HBO Max, I would get rid of their free trial service. I highly recommend HBO Max to get rid of that because all it takes is for one fan or even a family to watch a movie multiple times within the same week and then get rid of it. And on top of all of that, once again, if the movie fails, what is that going to mean for the industry? Because it seems very likely that they're placing all of their Easter eggs on all of their eggs on one basket in terms of this. Now, I have my speculation in terms of this movie actually being decent. I mean, we looked at the trailers. They're using the 80s nostalgia feeling. You know, Chris Pine's character is coming back. Captain Trevor. You got Cheetah where the CGI is sort of decent. And I believe I even read on the articles that the director, Patty Jenkins, actually based her villain off of Donald Trump. So, you might say that this movie has something to do with a political movement, which I'm hoping to God that's not the fucking case because we've already dealt with that with Captain Marvel. And look where we are now. So... It really depends. I'm interested to see how this experiment, because let's face it, that's exactly what it is. It's an experiment. I'm interested to see how this experiment is going to go with releasing a big blockbuster film like this on the streaming service and in theaters. I'm interested to see how the numbers are going to be. You know, for us, 
I'll watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it, especially if it's for free. I have HBO Max, so I'm definitely going to fucking watch it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. That's enough Wonder Woman 1984 talk. I know we have a few minutes left, so I want to do a quick review on Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales for the PS4. What can I say? I love the game. It's not perfect. Is it better than the first one? No. Doing a quick review on this, I would have to say this game really put the effort in making this character, Miles Morales, so much different than Peter Parker. It's the same mechanics, the same uh, button mashing with the whole punch, punch, kick, kick thing like that. You're swinging across buildings. But the difference with the swinging is you kind of get the sense of feel that Miles Morales is not completely confident in his abilities yet. You know, when Spider-Man, the original from the PS4, when he's swinging through buildings, he's confident because he knows what he's doing. He's a veteran at what he's he's been doing it for about a good eight years. So he's a veteran at what he's doing. With Miles Morales, you know, it's more of a carefree type. Oh, uh, what the fuck was that noise? Uh, Oh, my God. Watch out for that building type of thing where it looks like he's almost about to crash. And then when he's falling, he's falling with grace or he's posing or whatever the case may be. As I said, Insomniac definitely made it a clear vision to separate Miles Morales from Peter Parker. And that's what I really loved about this game. The fact that you actually connect so much more to Miles, to his family, to the supporting characters, you connect to everybody. And the fact that Miles Morales is half black, half Puerto Rican, he's very family-oriented. And you can actually see that within the magnificent performances from the supporting characters. And you can actually connect to them. You can actually connect to everyone that's in this game. Almost everyone, you know, except for a couple people. You connect to everybody. And Miles Morales is a fucking badass character. With the additional features to the... To the the webbings and the, you know, web strikes and the stealth modes and the side missions and everything else, I overly relied on using his Venom strikes, the bioelectricity strikes that he has, and they are fucking cool. They really are. I fucking used that move plenty of fucking times. Overall, this game really it did not exceed my expectations let, let me let me be clear about that is will i say this is the best game ever no it does have ch- some chinks it does have some drawbacks you know in terms of all of the pros let me just get this out of the way real quick in terms of all the pros as i said they made it a point to separate Miles Morales from Peter Parker. It is not a carbon copy. He is his own character. He is his own world. He's handling his own problems. Yes, the rogue gallery is not, in terms of villains, is not as high or non-existent as opposed to Peter's. And he may not be as charismatic as Peter Parker, but in a way... I actually enjoy that because you don't really need another copy of Peter Parker. You want a different character. You want someone that is not just a cheap knockoff of the original. You know, the fact that he has been called by the same name with the setting of Harlem within New York where he's being accepted or he's trying to be accepted 
by the people that he helps and he's trying to be accepted. There are a couple of moments where I would do side missions and there were a couple of people that I would interact and they would be like, oh, hey, uh, I, I want the other Spider-Man. Where's the other Spider-Man? So this game actually puts you in the position where you're trying to earn the people's respect. You're trying to earn their trust. And I think that's actually perfect, especially within a setting of Miles Morales of Miles Morales's character. Now, let me get to a couple of drawbacks before we close this episode off. This game is short. It took me if, if I did not take as many breaks as I did, this game is short. And if people are seeing this as a Spider-Man sequel like a Spider-Man 2, don't do that. Because it's not a it is a it's it is a sequel but it's more of a spin-off. It's it's more of a spin-off than an actual sequel. Okay, it's it's more of a Spider-Man 1.5 instead of a Spider-Man 2. I could not believe how short this game was. If you go through the main story mode, you can pretty much like crush it within maybe four or five hours tops. So in order to ensure that I would get the $50 that I paid for this, and it was the PS4 version is 50 bucks, PS5 is 60 bucks. In order to ensure that I got my money out of it, I did do all of the side missions. I did help as many people as I could. I did stop as many crimes because I wanted to feel like I am the character Miles Morales Spider-Man. I wanted to feel that, and thankfully I did. And with the amount of suits that they did, with the amount of uh, modes and 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 the different suits with the with the abilities that you would unlock, I want to say this. From the first Spider-Man game, I would always switch in between suits based on the environment or based upon, you know, where I am in the game. Like, for example, when I'm facing the main villain from Spider-Man, the first one, if I'm facing off against the, the black and white villain, I would have Spider-Man go as the black and white suit or the glowing black and white suit. So I would do that if you know what I'm talking about. And then if I'm using a stealth mission, if there's a stealth mission going on where I have to take away criminals or take them out, I would actually put myself in the stealth suit. And this game was completely different. I only chose basically one suit. No, two to be exact. The Into the Spider-Verse suit, because I still love the movie, and the suit known as the End Suit, where I have camel pants, wearing the Spider-Man shirt, and a hoodie with the Spider logo in the back. That has to be one of the most badass suits that I've ever worn on a character, because I feel like if I was in that game, that's something I would wear, and I feel like that matches Miles' personality perfectly. So I really love that aspect. There were a couple of glitches that I had towards the ending of the game. It it was annoying at first. I felt like, you know, cuz there was at one point where the game just shut off on me for whatever fucking reason. So there are a couple of glitches. But for the game being $50 and the fact that it's still new, uh, I I don't want to give any excuses, but I don't know. It's it, it was annoying. It, it it definitely was annoying. Another thing that actually bumped me out, I thought that I would 
you know, continue or actually begin the story mode or at some point go into the story while finding the spider cat because I was really, really looking forward to playing with the spider cat. Yeah, the cat doesn't come in until after you beat the game. And that fucking sucks. It really does. Like, that that bummed me out. Like, I know I can just go back to the game, press New Game Plus, and then play with the cat. But I really wanted to play with the spider cat from either the middle of the game all the way on. So, that kind of bummed me out. Overall, I did enjoy the game. Is it better than the first one? No. But it does stand on its own. I did enjoy it. And I'm interested to see where Insomniac is going to take the game for Spider-Man 2. Possibly going to be in a development sometime next year. Which means we won't get it released until 2022, maybe 23. But I'm patient. And like I said, it was good. If I have to give a rating for this game, I would give it... I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. I really would. You know, I I was thinking about it a 9, but, you know, again, with the glitches and the fact that it was so short and, you know, the fact that you can cruise through this game quickly, I, I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. So, yeah, go get the game and have fun with it. And as it goes, be greater, be yourself. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are over 70 followers on Spotify. Tell your friends. Continue to tell your buddies. Tell everyone you know. Give this podcast a follow. Press that follow button on Spotify. It will help me out tremendously. And to ensure that you will be one of the first ones to get it. And that you instantly get it, just press that follow on Spotify. Tell everyone you know to do the same exact thing. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up. We have a group chat, OTC Fanatics. You can join for free, post anything you want that's comic book related, have discussions. If you have news, if you have any theories, if you have anything going on, that is the platform to use. Chat with friends, chat with me, chat anything you want. Let's get to know each other. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, hit me up and I'll put you on and we will talk anything you want. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up there or on my Twitter and Instagram, Mike Garcia VO or OTC Volume 2. Volume completely spelled with the number 2, but you already know that. Now, I rambled on and on, so let's go into our superhero quote of the day since we are on episode 81. And this one is from Peter Parker himself. A hero is someone who doesn't give up. Your dad used to say that. Now it's your turn. Go be a hero, Miles. And my reaction to that is... Okay, let's do this. Have a great weekend. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. Tune in Monday night where we will talk more on the happenings that goes on in the world of comic book news, movies, shows, or anything you like. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.